Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Amen, amen. Well, we, we are in a series that has been uh, having a huge impact, I believe, on people's lives. And, uh, and it's called Atomic Power. And the series comes out of what are the, what are the things that Jesus has given us in order to be able to get some things done in life. And uh, we, we need power. Jesus said, please do not go anywhere until you receive power. Power is so important to get the job done in our lives, in raising children, in our careers, in our relationships. We need power. We need power. You know, when, when I see a young couple or an older couple who are having some relationship difficulties, it usually comes down to one or if not both people not, not employing the power of Jesus Christ in their life. What do I mean by that? When someone doesn't behave like Jesus, there's gonna be some relationship troubles. But you know, the good news is the Bible says that in Jesus' name, we can actually live like Christ on earth. That we can actually have His kindness, His patience, His love. Imagine two people who just wanted to be like Jesus. And, and then those two people choose to live together. Can you imagine the power of that? But when one person says, you can be like Jesus, but I don't wanna be like Jesus, we're gonna have some relationship difficulties. We need power. And so we don't just need a little bit of power, we need some atomic power. And the reason why we've called it atomic power is because you know the atom bomb is a very powerful weapon. And the way in which it, it, um, it has that power is because you, 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 you take atoms which are in this room, but we cannot see them. And when you either split them or force them to come together, it creates a lot of energy and we call that the atom bomb. Do you know, these, these weapons that Jesus has given us, you can't see them. You often can't see them. He's the power of His name. You can't see that. The power of the blood, you can't see that. And today I wanna talk to you about the power of fasting. And it's, it's something that we do physically, but you can't see its power until it's actually transforming the area that you're believing for. And so I'm gonna challenge us today. Now, I know that I've just lost half of you when, you went, when I talked about the word fasting. I, 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 I realise that. But I'm hoping, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm hoping to convince you otherwise today. Biblically, through experience, through the things that I've seen and heard, um, I, I wanna challenge all of us because I believe there is a, a momentum that comes through fasting that, that God wants to bring into our world. Do you know, before we go any further, why would we fast if we've reached the pinnacle of our lives? You know, if, you're, if you think you're living your dream, why do you need to do anything to add to that? Well, let me tell you. You know, the Bible tells us that God is a big God and it tells us that He's always got more for us. Now, you know what? I don't even need the Bible to tell me that. Do you know that the universe, as wonderful as it is, is still expanding at 76 kilometres per second? Per second, it's expanding. Why would God still be expanding the universe? God, it's more than enough. How many of us know it's more than enough? But God says, nah, I just wanna keep building stuff. And some of us think, God, it's more than enough. My business, it's more than enough. My relationship, it's more than enough. God says, nah, nah, there's more. Nah, there's more for you. God, my relationship with my children, it's awesome. Nah, there's more. God, this church is building. Look, it's packed at the moment. Nah, nah, there's more. And so if there's more, then we need the power to achieve more. 
And, and, and so you would only fast because you believe there's something more. Does anyone else believe there is something more for you, for your friends, for this church? I believe there is more. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to do well in our family life, our business life, in our health. I want my children to, pos- to prosper. So can you please answer me appropriately? And if, if any of these things fit, can you just yell out, amen, that's me, or whatever you wanna say. Does anyone have any loved ones that are currently disconnected from God's love right now? Mum, dad, cousins, sisters, brothers, anyone, anyone from the front to the back. Does anyone have a need for some supernatural healing right now? Amen. Does anyone need some... Prayers answered. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a bit quiet because uh, unless God is answering every. Does anyone have some deep desires that you want to come to fruition in 2020? Does anyone have a need for some clarity? Great. Well, then let's fast. Mark chapter 9, verses 28 to 29. Jesus is up a mountain seeking God. His disciples are down the bottom of the mountain trying to cast out a demon out of a young boy who keeps throwing himself into the fire. The Bible tells us the disciples are praying and praying for this young guy, but nothing seems to be shifting. Jesus comes down the mountain and he prays for the child and instantly the child is healed. This perplexed the disciples, they are perplexed now. They're just like, how, 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 how has this happened? And then in verse 28, it says, when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Why aren't our, why aren't our prayers answered? Why is my relationship not what it ought to be? Why aren't I prospering financially? Why isn't my health where it ought to be? Why can't I have, cl-? same question, It's the same question. What they're basically saying is, we tried, it didn't work. Why? That's the question. And then he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now, the funny thing is, we don't even really need Jesus to tell us that because as you'll see in a moment, it's what Jesus did every day of his life. It's not like he just preached about it and never did it. See, why is fasting so powerful? Let me tell you why fasting is so powerful. Because it's food that got us into the trouble we're currently in. It was someone not being able to control what they ate that got us into the current trouble that we are in. What am I talking about? God says to Adam and Eve, you may freely, what? Eat. You may freely eat of every tree in the garden, he says. And you guys have heard me preach before. At that particular time, there was probably about 7,500 trees that they could eat from. And he says, but there's one tree that I don't want you to touch and it's that one over there. And the Bible says that's the first tree they went for. Now, we don't know if it was the first or the second or the 20th. We don't know. But either way, they couldn't control what they were putting into their mouth. And it's what got us into the current trouble that we are in. Someone not being able to control their intake. Now, this is, this is, this, this is bizarre. What, what does food have to do with any of this? Some of us remember the story of two brothers called Jacob and Esau. And the Bible tells us that Esau was the oldest one, which means he had the right to receive a double portion of his dad's inheritance. So what all the other children got was one portion, he gets to get double. Well, the Bible tells us that he came home one day from hunting And he was so hungry. Come on, some of us know this story. He was so hungry that he comes to Jacob and he he says, give me some of your lentil soup. It could have at least been a 
yeah, correct. It could have at least been a nice steak or something along those lines. Or if you're vegan, uh, a bit of tofu. It, it could have at least been something of value, right? He says, give me some of your lentil soup. And he says, I'll give you the soup if you give me your birthright. And then Esau says, well, what good is a birthright to me? Because I'm going to starve to death anyway. So he gives away his birthright just for a little bit of food. Are you hearing that? Esau gives away his birthright for a little bit of food. And we all look at Esau and go, Esau, how could you do that? And God would say, you know what? There's a lot of things that if you'll stop eating that God can bring into your life. Yeah, some of us are giving away our birthright because we're just not willing to part from the food. Yeah, so we're not so, let's, let's, let's be a little bit, of, let's show a little bit of compassion to young Esau because all he was doing was putting his stomach above his desires and for his needs. And so, you know what, fasting is something we need to get our head, we need to get our head around this. It's not something for a bunch of over-enthusiastic overly spiritual, bad breath Christians. Yeah, some of us have put fasting into that category. Oh, that's, what, that's something Pastor Richard does. And we just do what we want. No, 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 there's no difference. We're not, we're not doing clergy and laity at Lifehouse because the Bible doesn't do that. We are doing every believer is a minister. And what's good for me is good for you. And what's good for you is good for me. We are all in this together. Fasting was a regular habit of the New Testament church. Do we know that? Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because for some of us, we're thinking, oh, it's an Old Testament thing, isn't it? No, it was a regular practice of the New Testament church. And for some of you, automatically thinking, what do we even mean by fasting? Are you expecting me to starve myself? What, like, what are we talking about? Well, for most of our church, these next seven days, most people will be doing what we call the Daniel fast, which is found from the book of Daniel, where Daniel says, I don't wanna eat any delicacies. I don't wanna eat any sugars. I don't wanna eat anything that brings me a lot of joy and pleasure. He says, I'm just gonna stay away from that and I'm gonna eat fruit and vegetables. That's all he ate. Actually, I think it was just vegetables. And God worked in his life. Now, the mystery is why did God do it? Well, do you need to know everything before you start putting something into practice? Do you need to have all the answers or can you just see enough examples throughout the Word of God where somebody fasted, God answered. Somebody fasted, God answered. Somebody fasted, God answered. Do we need all our questions answered before we just go, I don't need to know. I'm just gonna do and I'm gonna believe that God will do. Why don't we just trust God in some of this? And, and, and so for some of us, it'll be the Daniel diet. For some of us, it's going to be a full water fast, seven days. And some of you are thinking, I would literally die if I did that. I've got news for you, you won't. You actually, I've never heard of someone fasting water only for seven days and actually dying. Now, if they did, please let me know, okay? Because there's a lot of us about to do it and none of us really wanna die, okay? But as far as I can tell, lots of people biblically did it. Jesus did it for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted on water alone. Now, we need to get this into our heart because Jesus knew that he was in for the battle of his life. How many of you are looking forward to a huge 2020? Anyone looking forward to a huge 2020? How many of you wanna see God do some incredible things in your life? Jesus knew that he was being set up for an incredible year and as we know, three years of ministry. He was just baptised. And then in verse four, chapter four, sorry, of Matthew, it says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 
40 days and 40 nights. Afterward, he was hungry. So would you be? Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, have a look at the first thing he went for. Command that these stones become bread. Now, let's just back up a little bit. How many of you know that Jesus is the son of God? How many of you believe that in this room? Some of you don't, but I pray that you will. Jesus was sinless. How many of us believe that Jesus was sinless? How many, of us, how many of us really believe this crazy thought that Jesus was God in the flesh? Yeah, okay. So Jesus is pretty much set up to do life powerfully, you would think, being all of those things. Yet Jesus fasted. If Jesus fasted, who were we not to fast? If He was God in the flesh and yet He still said, I'm going to fast, imagine what happens when we do. Come on, let's, let's do what He did. And, and, and for some of us, it's like, oh, look, Jesus did that because He was God and He was powerful. No, 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 I think this is something we need to understand because it's not something we do to manipulate God. We're not manipulating God. We're just taking control of our flesh. And why is that important? Because many of the decisions that we now regret were, were times that we didn't take control of our flesh. And fasting is a time when you say, flesh, stop doing what you wanna do. Do what I wanna do. And you take control of it. And when you do that, the life of Christ comes out. And it's, it's a time when we just tell our flesh what to do. And some of us haven't told our flesh what to do since 1997. And we watch what we wanna watch. We go where we wanna go. We just do what we wanna do. Yet there is a voice inside of you saying, no, do, do this. But your flesh says, no, I don't want to do that. Why don't you praise God? I don't want to praise God. Why don't you go for a run? I don't wanna go for a run. And so we listen to our flesh and so therefore you reap the consequences of your fleshly decisions. But how about for these next seven days, we tell our flesh what to do and we start going down the road that God wants us to go down. And out of that, there is a momentum. There is a momentum where you start to go, wow, I actually told my flesh what to do. Why don't you do that all year? Dad, when you're coming home and you're in a bad mood, and, 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 and you're about to get out of your car and now your family are about to be impacted by your bad mood, why don't you, before you walk in the door, say, no, I'm gonna take control of my flesh and I'm gonna walk into this place happy and content and encouraging and I'm gonna be a different man to the man that drove to this household. That's called taking control of your flesh. And all the women in the room said. Listen, we're not manipulating God, we're taking control of our flesh. I'm not trying to get more of God through fasting. Listen, this is really important. I'm not trying to get more of God. You're never gonna have more of God. I just want God to get more of me. That's what fasting is. Because see, God, God is in you and God doesn't come in measures. So if He's in you, He's in you. So you can't get more of God. What we, what we actually need is less of you, like we just sung. If we can get less of you, we actually get more of God. But you've got all of God inside of you right now, but we just can't see Him sometimes because He's so wrapped up in such thick flesh. But if we can wear that flesh down and we can wear your, your attitude, your agenda, if we can wind that back a little bit, then we're gonna see more of God. We're gonna see Him have an impact in life. Come on, let's give Him a huge round of applause. You know, we've, we all know we've got five senses. And some of you would know that, um, you know, people that are, that are born blind, um, or even people who become blind. Uh, maybe they weren't born that way, but through some illness or accident, they have lost their eyesight. Some of us know what happens when someone loses one of their senses. When, when people lose their eyesight, some of us would know that their hearing is really improved upon. It's, 
to the point where sometimes that, a, a, a blind person can actually tell you where the furniture is in the room. They probably can't tell you the colour, of course. They can't tell you what it's made out of most of the time. But sometimes they can tell you where it is because they can hear their, their voice bouncing back off different furniture. They, they can tell you, this is document, they can tell you whether a curtain has got windows upon it or it doesn't by the way it bounces back off the glass or whether it's absorbed by the curtain. How do they do that? Because they've lost one of their senses, so the other four are heightened. Well, I wonder what would happen when we lower the sense of taste. What happens when we, by choice, move away from the taste sense? Do you think maybe your eyes will see a little bit better? Do you think maybe your hearing will improve a little? I'm telling you, it actually does. It's proven that when we, by choice, lower one of the senses, the others are heightened. Why? Because sometimes we, you know, we can't literally taste God, but you definitely can see Him. You definitely can hear Him. You can see Him in people's worlds. You can see Him in situations. And so I wonder what happens when we step back and we say, God, I'm going to fast. You will start to see your senses are heightened. You can hear God better. You can see the Word better. Things start to come alive for you. And, and we're just interrupting the process. You know, one day Jesus was asked, how come, how come your disciples don't fast? And that's where a lot of people get their teaching about in the New Testament, we shouldn't fast because the disciples didn't. But Jesus explained why they weren't. He said, how can, how can these people, how can they fast while the bridegroom is still with them? Who's he talking about himself? He says, but when the bridegroom goes, then they will fast. And so he's talking about, but when I'm gone and I'm sitting in the heavenly place, yes, my people will begin to fast. Now, how do we know that's exactly what he meant? Because that's exactly what they did. They began to pray and they began to fast and miracles, signs, wonders, growth, healings, deliverance, people moving forward began to happen all over the place. And so we know that Jesus, the Bible tells us again in Luke 4, it says, then Jesus being filled, everyone say filled, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I would imagine most people in this room are filled with the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus was. Most of you were filled, but He went into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now in Luke 14, uh, Luke 4 verse 14, after going through the fasting process, it, it says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee and news of Him went throughout all the surrounding region. Jesus was filled, but after He fasted, He had the power of the Spirit. Listen, let me be really, really blunt. I would say most people in this room are filled, but I would say there's a lot of people that are not walking in the power. You're not walking in the power that You've got some big things to conquer this year and God needs you to be filled just like Jesus was with the Holy Spirit, but you also need His power. So come on, let's fast together and let's have the same impact that Jesus had. Is it going to be tough? Is it going to be hard? 100%. But why was the first temptation that the devil brought to Jesus was turn the stones into bread? Because he wanted him to break his fast. The first temptation was not about fame and fortune. It was simply about food. Because friends, there is a dynamic in fasting. Because remember, it's not just about fasting. It's called prayer and fasting. Isn't that right? Have a look at what Deuteronomy 32 verse 30 says. It says, How could one person chase off a thousand in battle 
And then it says, how could two make 10,000 flee for their lives? I don't, I, I don't get that. One person can make 1,000 people flee, yet two, in my, in my maths, should be 2,000. No, 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 there is, there is the maths of heaven. One, yeah, you're powerful. Two, it's atomic. It's atomic. When two things come together, just like the atom bomb, it's atomic. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I wonder what the two things are that if they come together will become atomic. See, this shouldn't surprise us because the world calls this synergy. What is that? What, what is that? One, one Clydesdale, you know those big horses that pull along the, the, the carts? One Clydesdale can pull on his own two tons, on his own, one Clydesdale. So then how many two? How many tons can two pull? You would think it's four. No, they can actually pull eight. What, 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 what happens? It's called synergy. And so I wonder what happens when we take our prayer life and add fasting to it. That's why Jesus said, listen, the reason why you guys aren't getting the job done is because you're praying, but I'm gonna tell you right now, you need some fasting. And for some of us here today, you came to hear this today because you've been praying about stuff in, in your heart and you've sincerely been worshipping and praying and God says, great, you've come to the right church service today because for some of you, you've been single just a little bit way too long. And, and let's be honest, and you've been, you've been praying about it flat out and you even look me in the eye and you say to me, Pastor Richard, I've been praying for the right man. Pastor, I've been praying for the right girl. And my question to you is, I know you've been praying, but have you been praying and fasting? Have you been? And the answer is often no. It's often no. For some of you, it's like, no, it's, it, I have been. Well, then keep doing it because they are what we call the power twins. And there's many power twins in the Bible. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and, and, and confess with your mouth, what happens? Boom, you're saved. You know, you can believe in your heart as much as you like or you can confess as much as you like, but it's only when the two come together that you actually get salvation. How powerful is that? And for some people, they would say, oh yeah, I've been tithing for a long time. I'm not really seeing the blessing. Who told, who told you it was just about tithing? In, in the, that same Scripture we talk about tithing, it says, bring your tithes and offerings. They're power twins. I know you've been tithing, but have you been giving an offering? Because when you bring them together, it's very, very powerful. Are you getting this? Jesus says, when one person prays, it's powerful. It's awesome. He says, but when two people pray, Jesus turns up. Did you hear that? Why, why wouldn't Jesus just turn up with one person? Because there's something powerful about the two. Now, this shouldn't, this shouldn't shock you because, you know, we, we have what we call a pretty fit church, right? We've, we've got a fit congregation. Would you, would you agree? I mean, have a look around you. Look, look, look down your road. Look how fit they are, these people. Look at them. Hey, they, they are a picture of health. Look at them. Some of you need to ask them, why aren't you bodybuilding? Why aren't you entering competitions? Look at you. You look amazing. Okay. Yesterday, I spoke to a couple and they're pretty fit and healthy themselves. And, and I wouldn't mind looking like the male in that situation. I wouldn't mind looking. Some of you know exactly who I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm going to leave them out of it because I'd get very embarrassed. Andrew Hajal. Uh, <laughs> and so I said, I said to this brother, bro, how? How does, this, how, do, how, do, how does this look like that? And he says, I'll, I'll send you the workout. Right? So he sent me the workout. I'm like, oh, okay. I have got a life to live, you know. It looks like I'm going to be there all day doing that. Anyway, 
But his wife chimes in and she says, but listen, you can do all that, but without your diet, nothing will happen. What? Which, so, is, so is it the diet or is it the workout? Can someone help me here? Is it the diet or is it the workout? Oh, it's both. And for some people it's like, is it fasting or is it prayer? I, I think it's prayer because it's in Jesus' name. Oh, no, no, it's all, it's all about the fa- It's both. It's both. And if you, and I'm serious, let's just get back to the health thing for a minute. If you've got a couple of kgs that are just not coming off and you're doing one or the other, why wouldn't you do both so that you can have maximum atomic benefit? And if we're gonna be praying about big things in our life, why wouldn't we be praying and fasting and trusting God and believing Him to bring some amazing things into our life? And I think that's a fantastic point. You need to give Jesus another hand about that one. I thought that was amazing. But I love my food too much, is what some of you would say to me. And that's okay because we're gonna call you Esau from now on. Yeah, you're Esau. Let me tell you why you are being Esau. Some of you think, he's being a bit rough today. No, no, I just want more for you. You haven't reached your pinnacle. You haven't reached the top. There's more for you. And, and, And the only reason you would say, I don't wanna do this is because you think you've reached the top. And I'm telling you, it's a deception from the enemy if you think you've reached the top. There is still more for you. But if you're gonna achieve all that God's got for you, then He says to you, can you please do it the way that I've asked you to do it? And this is the way. So why are we doing a seven-day fast? Why is it seven days? Well, there's nothing special about that number. I just love it because number one, it's God's number. Number number two, it works within the week. But the one that I love the most is because, do you remember when they had to walk around the walls of Jericho? Do Do you remember how many times they had to walk around that thing? A lot of times. Do you know when the walls of Jericho finally came down, were they ever erected ever again? Did they ever come back? No. Do you know with this fast, I'm believing that whatever comes down in your life will never be resurrected ever again. I'm believing whatever habit is broken is never coming back again. Whatever relationship disaster is going on, it needs to die and it's never coming back again. Come on, some of you have heard the story and you're probably bored of it, but it's so real to me. I had a smoking addiction that I just could not get rid of. My parents owned a milk bar. I had 196 different brands of cigarettes behind me. You try and give up smoking when you've got that many brands of cigarettes behind you. And I tried many, many, many times over and I'm trying to evangelise and tell people about the good news of God. And then one of my friends, Robert says, if God is so powerful, why can't you give up smoking? That's what he says to me. And I'm like... Did you have to get so real? I'm trying to be a hypocrite here, bro. I'm just trying to talk a lot, but not have the life. But I was really challenged by that. And when he left, I said, God, if that's the truth, if this guy is gonna be hindered by my addictions, can you please help me to break it? Now, this is back in when they were, you know, this, this is when Moses wrote the tablets. You know what I mean? Like, so I said, God, you, you've got to give me a strategy. I didn't have to look too far to know what the strategy was. I prayed multiple times, that didn't work. So I start fasting. I fast for four days, water only. By the second day, God gives me a strategy. He says, drink lots and lots and lots of water. And every time you're drinking that water, call out my name. Now, this is before Quitline. This is before, this is when, this is when doctors were still telling you that it was good to smoke, right? <laughs> Maybe not that far back, but. What I'm saying was, there actually was no quit line back then, so there was no help. 
to try and get rid of this thing. And so I start doing that. Well, day one goes by. And I'm like, wow, how did I get through day one? I haven't been able to get through four hours. Day two goes by. Day three, day four. And God does a miracle in my life. And I'm telling you, it's been at least three weeks now and I haven't touched a cigarette. It's been awesome. <laughs> hey, this is a story that goes so far back. And that's, that's why I'm telling you the story because I haven't had the start smoking, stop smoking, start smoking, stop smoking. No, no, it died. It died forever. And it's never, ever, ever, ever come back ever since. How, ma- how many of us would like a habit to be buried and never come back? How many of us would love an attitude to be buried and never come back? Well, you know what? Instead of just praying about it, why wouldn't you pray and fast? Come on, let let these next seven days be groundbreaking over your life. Come on, what's important to you right now? What matters to you? Do you have some loved ones that you're, you're desperate for them to find Jesus and really find Jesus? Well, come on, let's pray, let's fast. We're gonna believe with you. And then we're gonna have a, a worship night throughout the week and everyone's gonna be coming in together and we're gonna be praying together. Can you imagine how hungry people are gonna be? Um, both ways. Can you imagine that? No, seriously, because people are gonna be coming in thinking, I'm so hungry. Why am I doing this? That's right, because I'm hungry. That's, that's gonna be a constant reminder of who you're doing it for. Now listen, it's not about starving yourself and it's not about whipping, whipping your back to somehow please God. No, no. It's you saying, I'm stepping back from this and every time I should be eating, I'm gonna be reading. Every time I should be eating, I'm gonna be praying. And your, your tummy will be a constant reminder to pray. Oh yeah, start praying. You know, we often forget to pray because your stomach's full. You're so content, you're so tired, you haven't got time. But when your, your stomach's like, why aren't you putting another Big Mac down your throat? You're like, yeah, why? As you see those golden arches and you're like. <laughs> Hopefully you'll start praying. And for some of you are like, Maccas. Let's talk Savlakis. <laughs> now you've got me, Pastor Rich. How am I gonna drive past that Savlaki shop? Well, it's gonna take God's power. But as each kilometre goes by, I believe there is an anointing coming on every. Hey, come on, come on, someone, give Jesus a huge round of applause. Come on, I love this. Seven days, God's gonna do something amazing. What can we expect? What can we expect from God? Well, you know, in the Book of Acts, have a look at have a look at this. This is I'm just gonna show you just a couple. Acts chapter 13. It says while they were worshiping and fasting. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, verse two, it says, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted, by the way, sorry, where is this in the Bible? Acts chapter 13. Is that Old Testament or New Testament? It's New Testament. Is it fairly fairly far into the New Testament? 100%. The disciples were worshipping and they were fasting. And what came out of that? The Apostle Paul was released with Barnabas. Do you know if the Apostle, <laughs> this is gonna freak you out. Do you know if the Apostle Paul wasn't released? Do you know who was the one who preached the gospel to non-Jews? Any non-Jews in the room? If you're not Jewish, can you raise your hand? Okay, Did you know you're, do you know that you get to hear the gospel because of a man called Paul? 
Did you know that? You get to hear the gospel because he stopped, he, he gave up on his own people because they rejected him. So he started preaching to the Italians, to the Greeks. Thank God for the Apostle Paul. Do you know why he was released? Because some people were worshipping and fasting. I wonder what's hanging in the balance of you worshipping and fasting. I wonder what's hanging in the balance. I wonder what, what nation is gonna be blessed because Lifehouse have chosen to worship and to fast. Cornelius heard from God while he was fasting. Many great things have happened. So personally, and I'm not saying this to boast, I'm just saying this so that you don't feel alone, but I'll be, I'll be seven day water only fasting. Why? Because, you know, for, for most people, you eat so healthy anyway, that for you to do a Daniel fast is just, that's just you. That's just what you've been doing anyway. So why don't you go to the next level? and get some anointing in your life. I wanna be the sort of person that when I stand next to someone, they don't know why, but they just feel like God loves them. They just sense the love of God and they just know they're not worthy of it and they, and they begin to cry. I want that sort of anointing on my life. Does anyone else want that sort of anointing on your life? I want the sort of anointing that when you shake someone's hand, there's like electricity that runs through and they go, what's that? You go, it's just the power of God, mate, come here. <laughs> Does anyone else want that? Like, I, I wanna freak people out a little bit. I wanna walk into a room and dogs just run. I don't know why, I just, Jesus, the Son of God is here. Not me, but Jesus in me, you know? Does anyone else want that? I want, I want favour, I want, I, want, I want the council to just say, look, we don't even know why we're doing this for you, but here, just have another building. Because you guys are just doing great things around the world anyway. Here, just, just, just have another building and, and, and do what you guys do. And You know, we've got a sensory room out there that the government has given us $176,000 to, but the government paid for that. Isn't that awesome? But I believe it's a favour of God on our church. Amen. Because some people have been fasting and some people have been praying. So here's the challenge. Now, maybe you're new here today and you went, wow, okay. What have I come to here today? You've come to actually the answer of your deepest desires. Because some of you have been thinking, why is my life going around in circles? And God would say, you know what? I've just, I just gave you the answer. Prayer, fasting. What, what, what does all that mean? You're going after God. You're going for Him. But for some people, you need to go, you need to go back to those, those former power twins that confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And we're gonna be talking about that in a moment, but I'm, come on, I'm gonna ask every person in this place to stand up onto their feet. Come on. I know what's happening in this room right now. Your heart is stirred. Anyone's heart stirred? And there are some that aren't, but many of you are. And before you even leave this room, the enemy will want to change your mind. He'll say to you, it's not that important. Could it be real? I don't think so. And he's gonna come after you. And I'm gonna pray that you are strengthened. And we're gonna believe. You know, there are some people in our church that need healing from God. Man can't help. Only God can help them. Do you think we can fast for them as a church? Does it, come on, does anyone believe that we can fast for them and that God is gonna supernaturally do a miracle in their life? 
Hi, I'm Richard Gabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.